The world of Splatoon is certainly a vibrant and interesting one. It's full of colorful creatures, fun battles, and uh, war. Let's dive into the weird and wonderful world of Splatoon together. And into the ink we go. The land the evolved sea creatures live in is actually ours. Well, then where are the humans? Uh, well, they're dead. You see, in this timeline, the humans have wiped themselves out with multiple world wars that, and a mix of climate change, resulted in their eventual extinction, with the remains still being studied by inklings and octolings. Before they are wiped out, however, a scientist creates a cryopod that could potentially preserve the human race and save all of humankind. But he puts his cat Judd in it instead and makes a clone called Lil Judd to keep Judd company. Man has his priorities straight. He also creates a telephone with all the knowledge of humanity in it. This is where it starts getting a bit weirder. Due to global warming, the earth changed and water ended up consuming most of the land. This resulted in sea creatures evolving and coming to the surface. Most of them simply evolved to walk and have lungs. But the two that particularly stood out were squids and octopi. These animals ended up developing a more humanoid evolution with hands, legs, eyes, and basically the whole shebang. They also have a squid or octopus form resembling their unevolved forms, which they use to swim in ink. Their biology is quite simple, as they hold many human organs, but their bodies are made out of stretchy cartilage and swim muscles. They also have an extra insect, which they use to produce the ink they fight and swim in. Interestingly enough, they now die in water, as it takes over and forces the ink out of their bodies. The biology of inklings and octolings is incredibly bizarre, so we'll be exploring that today. Continuing on the timeline, the inklings and octolings live in peace, participating in games called Turf Wars which they play by using the ink to cover as much turf as possible. This calm time doesn't last though, as due to rising sea levels and a decrease of land mass, a war breaks out between inklings and octolings, as neither can survive in water. The Squid Big Platoon is founded and led by Captain Cuttlefish, and the other end, Octavio, the leader of the octoling, starts building these clings called the Great Octoweapons. Victory looks certain for the octolings with their powerful weapons, but an unfortunate pulled plug loses them the war. There are differing sources on this, however, as another says it was the Inklings' larger amount of limbs that helped them win. The Octolings are forced underground, but they make the most of it, using big LED screens to imitate the sky. However, all of them still have a longing to return to the surface. Fast forward a few years, and now we are in Inkopolis, a city built by the Inklings. Here we meet Kali and Marie, who, holds the new, uh, who knows the news as well as make hit songs. This is where the game starts. And you play as Agent Dree, who was recruited by Captain Cuttlefish after the Octolings steal the Great Zapfish, which they stole as their underground cities are losing power, probably due to the LED screens. You go through levels, taking back the mini Zapfishes until you reach the end, where you meet DJ Octavio. It turns out the Octolings are using the Great Zapfish to power a giant mecha soup piloted by Octavio, which they will use to fight the Inklings and return to the surface. However, Kali and Marie, also known as Agent 1 and Agent 2, sing the Calumari incantation, which frees the Octoling's mind from the pro propaganda Octavio has shoved in them. At the end of the story, Octavio is in prison and some Octolings head to the surface, where they aren't known to be Octolings, just weird-looking Inklings. At the start of Splatoon 2, Dree and Cuttlefish head out on a research trip, leaving Marie in charge. Suddenly, the Zapfish is stolen again by a freed Octavio, and Callie is captured and brainwashed by new glasses that Octavio invented to once again form an army. Marie recruits you as Agent 4 to once again free the Zapfish as well as save Callie. 
You go through a similar process like the OG Splatoon, completing levels while freeing the baby zapfish. At the end, you face Octavio as well as Callie, with Marie coming in with a charger and literally shooting the brainwashed glasses off of Callie. They once again perform the calamari incantation and free the brainwashed octolings. You may be wondering, where is Agent Tree and the captain in all of this? Well, this is where the Octo Expansion begins, a DLC to Splatoon 2. Here, you see the cuttlefish who has been separated from Tree and has fallen into a weird test facility with a freed octoling who has amnesia. Cuttlefish tells the octoling that something attacked him and Tree and they fell in here. They manage to get to a train station, also known as the Deep Sea Metro, with a telephone ringing there. Cuttlefish picks up the telephone and the octoling is now known as a Subject 10008, or just Agent 8 for short. The telephone tells them that it needs to collect all four Thangs in order to escape the place and see the surface. By the way, Thangs isn't a joke. That's actually what they call it in-game. Okay, then, suddenly, a train pulls up and they meet the director of the train, Sea Cucumber, who leads them to different tests. They also come in contact with Off the Hook, a band who features Pearl and Marina, who help them along the journey. The test features sanitized octolings as, as enemies, which are basically zombified octolings. Eight finally finishes finding the four things, and the telephone connects them, which seemingly builds a door that leads out of the metro, but it turns out to be a trap, which is, and I am not joking here, a giant blender, which Cuttlefish and Eight are now trapped in. However, Pearl and Marina realize this and send out a distress signal. Agent Dree then proceeds to kick through the ceiling, as well as the blender, saving, saving Captain Cuttlefish and Eight, but Dree is knocked out in the process. It and Cuttlefish take an elevator to the upper floors of the metro when a sanitized street attacks them. It defeats them, and they go to the upper, l- the upper floors of the metro to be airlifted out by Pearl and Marina. However, a part of the floor begins to move and reveals itself to be part of a gigantic human statue with a cannon in its mouth. The telephone that told it to collect the things seemed to be pol- piloting the statue. It introduces itself as Commander Tartar, the telephone mentioned earlier that held all of human co- knowledge. Along the few centuries that passed by, it had become sentient and witnessed the brutal wars between the Inklings and Octolings and deemed them unworthy of its knowledge. Tartar plans to eradicate all life on Earth and create a perfect being with the raw material it collects by blending subjects that pass the test. Marina and Pearl come in on a helicopter with a plan to stop Tartar with the cannon, powered by Pearl's powerful voice. After a tough fight, they finally manage to beat Tartar and the statue sinks to the ocean. A cutscene also shows Dree waking up and Eight smiling, staring into the sky, knowing that he will finally see Incopolis. Well, that was certainly complicated and slightly dark. But don't worry, we only have one more game to go through. But before that, let me introduce... Let me introduce you to today's sponsor, Nintendo Online. Online is a tool absolutely necessary for Splatoon as it gives you access to things like Turf Wars, Ranked Modes, and so much more. Not only that, with a certain subscription, you can access the retro games of your childhood on the modern controller of the Switch. Use the code SPLATOON348 to get one free month on Nintendo Online. Now, back to the show. In Splatoon 3, you come to a completely new place called Splatsville, or the City of Chaos. The new news anchors and songwriters are Deep Cut, which consists of Fry, Shiver, and Big Man, a fan favorite and only male idol. Before this starts, I should mention a game mode introduced in Splatoon 2 called Salmon Run. In this mode, you work for Grisco, a company set on collecting golden eggs from a species called the Salmonids, a salmon-like species with abundance of lore that deserves its own episode. 
You take on a part-time job there and work to collect the eggs, along with three other co-workers. You also have a little seminate buddy called Smallfry, who becomes important to the plot later on. In the middle of Splatsville, you see a strange old man, later identified as Cuttlefish, disappear down the drain. And of course, because you're nosy, you follow him. This leads you to the crater, which is filled with this thing called fuzzy ooze that when touched makes the victim fluff up with hair all over their body. A now retired cuttlefish tells you that he thinks Octavia is behind the disappearance of the great zapfish and recruits you and names you the new Agent Tree. You progress through the levels in the crater, collecting power eggs and using them to power up small fry, who uses this energy to eat up the fuzzy ooze. After you finish all the levels, you come to a boss fight with Octavio, who is the one who is using the mech suit from the previous game. After defeating him, he says that he is not the one behind this, as all his octoling soldiers have defected. Suddenly, Fuzzy Ooze comes up onto the arena and breaks the floor apart, dragging you and the former captain down. Cuttlefish is then dra- dragged away by large amounts of Fuzzy Ooze. As you fall down, three masked figures resembling deep cats stand near the edge of the hole looking down. The new agentry lands in a snowy place called Alterna, a previous bunker for humans during the wars. Here, you meet the Squid Sisters and a newly promoted Captain Tree. He helps you along the journey. Through different areas and levels, you face Deep Cut, who reveals themselves as bandits looking for treasure, which you don't really care about, but for some reason, you don't tell them that. Each one has a different but equally challenging boss fight, allowing you to gain a piece of treasure each time. As you progress through the story, you uncover the Alterna Logs, which document the rise and fall of Alterna. You learn that when the war started, a few people found shelter in a cavern created by a volcanic eruption. There were large amounts of salt water in the cavern that allowed marine life to flourish. This provided the humans with a source of food. The people looked to scientists to lead this civilization and to rebuild humanity. They dubbed this place Alterna. This is where it gets slightly weirder. One scientist managed to discover a way to make fluid crystals from the body of squids. These crystals change colors depending on electrical signals from organisms. So basically, they created mind-reading crystals that could change how they look based on the, their desires. They lined the walls of this cavern with these crystals, allowing them to once again see the sky. The years passed and a new generation began, one who had never seen the surface. They grew tired of the, fa- of the fake sky and longed to see reality, and so they built a giant rocket ship to escape Eterna. As they were about to blast off, disaster struck. The crystals had absorbed too much energy from the rocket, and without warning, the cavern started collapsing, killing all the humans in it. This marks the end of humanity on Earth. The crystals had fallen from the roofs when the cavern collapsed. The marine life in the cavern came in contact with these crystals and were given the desire to see land and sky. They evolved and became the creatures we knew today. Obviously, the people of Alternate weren't weren't the only people trying to escape. A group of people managed to escape via the Ark Polaris, a spaceship. They were kept in cryopods, waiting for the ship to find a similar place to Earth. However, they ran out of fuel and drifted aimlessly for 10,000 years. Then one day, the Earth's gravity dragged them back in. Re-entry killed off most of its inhabitants. All except one, Bear Number 3, an experimental subject. He had kept his consciousness for the 10,000 years they had drifted. He made good use of his time and concocted a plan. When he awakened, he realized that this was a new world, dominated by sea creatures, not a mammal in sight. He tried to use the Ark Polaris navigation system to find another, but to no avail. He began rebuilding Alterna and researching the crystals. And this research proved useful as he realized that combining his own fur with the crystals created a fuzzy substance that could turn anything it touched into a mammal. He would return this world to its former mammalian glory. 
He got to work, making fuzzy ooze and stockpiling them in the rocket. He needed golden eggs from salmonids to make it though, but the exact reasons for this are still unknown. He needed help. So he created a company called Grisco, taking on the role of Mr. Gris, paying unsuspecting inklings and octolings to collect golden eggs for him. At the end, you reach the rocket, which is covered in fuzzy ooze. Luckily, the treasure mentioned earlier can be made into um, a lawnmower, which the captain uses to cut off all the fuzzy ooze. However, he hurts himself in the process and tells you to go ahead. Then Deep Cut shows up and those three are just ready to throw hands for this treasure. And then Marie just straight up tells them that we don't need it anymore and you can have it, which they see as a boss move and they declare Marie their new boss. You reach the entrance of the rocket where you see a dried up Captain Cuttlefish who actually looks like dried sotong, like the one you see in a market stall. But don't worry, it's all good. The captain's tears revived him. Oh, when Mr. Grizz just blasted off in the spaceship and is planning to drop the fuzzy ooze all over the earth, making everyone a mammal. Luckily, Boss Marie orders Deep Cut to help you get to the spaceship and you literally ride up a rope of eels on a pet shark wearing sunglasses. Yeah, it, it's a weird game. You reach the spaceship and face Mr. Grizz. After going through three waves of the boss fight, he explodes the ship and you are blasted into space when Octavia swoops in in his mech suit and saves you. Mr. Grizz is about to try to annihilate you when Octavia starts playing Calamari Incantation, Dreamix. And small fry, Mega evolves into huge fry, who keeps Grizz distracted as you attack his weak points with a vacuum on the mech suit. After a hard battle, you finish him off and he sadly accepts that mammals will never rule the world again. Huge fry devolves back into small fry, and you head back home to Earth. Thank you for somehow sitting through an entire episode of my favorite game franchise. I recommend that you find other great podcasts or videos about Splatoon lore, as there's so much I couldn't talk about here. And I didn't forget the highly anticipated DLC. Side order looks incredible and incredibly dark. And there's a good chance we'll get much more lore on the Splatverse, which I will definitely cover. I'll see you guys later, and in the meantime, stay fresh!